some CDs back there. We have a DVD. Actually, I, we just have it, have, have it right here in the, the pew. DVD, free DVD of the campus. It's as if you came on campus and um, you, it's like having a, a basically a, a general tour of the campus. Free DVD. We, I think we have maybe five of these. Give those away to you. And uh, then we have some CDs. This is a witness one. And, and then we've got assurance. And then... Um, uh, Glory Bond as well. And of course, uh, we got two Montoros on here Andrew Montoro and uh, Sarah Montoro. This is the last time that um, the two Montoros will be there. There won't be a CD like this again. Um, you know, Andrew will always be Andrew Montoro, but Sarah may not always be Sarah Montoro. And uh, of course, she's graduated now, so she won't be. So this is like a rare. Item. Yeah. And so we could have another CD by Sarah, but it may not be Montoro. It could be Sarah, oh, whatever. I don't know. I could just fill it in. Now, these are for sale. Um, if you don't have the money for these, but you want, you really want good godly music in your, in your home, um, we'll just give them to you. And then if the Lord gave you the ability to to pay for them later, um, I'll just give you one of my cards and you can take that. But, um, or if you want to take them, we have basically five of these three projects here. So uh, $12, and then if, and if you don't have the money, you just got to look me right in the eye and tell me, um, can I have these, and I'll give them to you. And uh, Heartland is not about selling these to make money. Heartland is about selling these to get good music into the homes of people. And, uh, and then also we try to recover our expenses. And this helps keep the groups actually um, traveling safely on the road. That's how the revenue from this really works. And so these are available to you. I'm not trying to promote anything, but um, there you go. It, it is, in a sense, a little bit. Forgive the um, distraction there. And uh, the Lord just gave me an illustration. Can you believe that? In the, just the last 20 minutes of my time sitting up here uh, towards the front. I uh, want to thank you again for having uh, my wife and I here. It's, it's, it's not always that we get to travel together, but it is good when we do. Um, it's just a, a healthier way to do it. And so I appreciate the pastor um, and his wife asking Pam to come and speak at the ladies' meeting and then uh, just kind of throwing me in on the top of it, too. I like that, too. Kind of, kind of feel like I'm driving Miss Daisy around here with uh, her speaking. And, uh, but I, I am thrilled that the Lord uses her in that way and to be a part of it. Thank you for the accommodations. I always enjoy the missions department there. I really do. And uh, it's just a real blessing to be so close to the church like that. And I thoroughly enjoy each and every one of you, the service this morning and the ladies meeting, the part that I got to, to be here for. Thank you so much. But uh, I thoroughly enjoy the Montoro family church. I hope that you just often, not just every once in a while, but you just take some time and thank the Lord for your pastor and his wife and his family. Um, I don't want to say that I travel all the time, but I travel a good bit. And oftentimes you will find um, not what you get to experience here on a regular basis. God has given you um, a wonderful pastor and his wife and family. And I know that I count Pastor Pete Montoro as one of my dearest friends and to be called Papa by the Montoro kids, is an absolute privilege for me.
It's, it's, it's actually a very inexpensive way to become a grandpa. <laughs> it's, uh, I enjoy it, and I enjoy the friendships that have already been developing here. I want to ask you a couple questions. I love to, as many people do, many preachers love to title messages, and so I want to kind of give you a couple of titles. Is it really all about who you know? Is it really all about who you know? Don't raise your hand to this question, but it's in the form of a question, and it's part of the unraveling of my sermon title. Are you an expert church member? Are you an expert church member? With that in mind, I want to kind of start us off as we look at John chapter 15. I'll invite your attention there. John chapter 15. And I'm going to go really quick at the beginning. It's not because your pastor's pressured me. It's not because anybody here has done this to me and <laughs> looked at the watch. It's I just want to get us to a certain point here this evening. John chapter 15. If you don't mind, we'll stand for the reading of just a few verses and then we'll just work our way through the passage here. We're going to read John chapter 15, 1 through 17. Honestly, just as you're finding your passage there, your place, how many of you came here this evening to hear from God? Can, can you just lift up your hand and say amen? amen. You, you came here to hear from God. Would you do this in, in the quietness of your own heart? Would you be willing to commit to God, to whatever He is going to say to you tonight, before He even says it? Would you be willing to say, God, I came here to hear from you. You just were asked that question. And before you even hear from the Heavenly Father, would you say in the quietness of your heart, and Lord, whatever it is that you say to me tonight, I'm going to listen with a readiness to obey whatever it is that you're going to say to me tonight. With that in mind... Let's look at John chapter 15, and let's look at one of the last scenes, not the last, but one of the last scenes that Jesus has, time that he has with his disciples, his friends. John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same forth bringeth forth, the same bringeth forth, what's that next word? Much. We move from more to much fruit. For without me ye can do, what's that next word, church? Nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather 
them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, and ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you. Say it with me, church, that ye love one another. Heavenly Father, bless this time. Lord, as best as I can, as I just word this prayer, and I believe representing the body of believers here this, this evening, Lord, we've come together, we've united our hearts, and Lord, right now, we just come into your presence, and Lord, even before you start to give some specific instructions, Lord, we're ready And we're willing to listen with an attitude of obeying. Lord, it seems that a lot of your people made that commitment a few moments ago. I don't know how many. Lord, help them by the end of the service tonight. They will be faithful and true to that commitment. To be willing to obey whatever it is you would have them to deal with tonight. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that truly does get sweeter every day. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you for standing. Friendships, relationships. I've been referring to friendships quite a bit this weekend. I've, like I said, I've been coming here to some uh, kind of measurement within my own uh, calendar as I keep track of where I've been since 2002 and And this has allowed me to feel very comfortable to preach this message tonight because of the friendship I have with your pastor. But also, as I start to think back of the disciples here and look at this passage, I want to just talk about the friendships and the relationships that were here within this passage. There's a lot of preaching in chapter 15, a lot. And the preachers that are here this evening would know, man, there's a lot of doctrine right here. I'm not going to hit on all of the doctrines. I want to talk about something very, very specifically. 
These verses regarding abiding, I don't know if you caught it or not, but I emphasize the word abiding over and over again just because it's not my thought, but because the thought of the Scripture is this word abiding just came up over and over again. And these verses regarding abiding in Christ are in the middle of an answer Christ is giving to one of the disciples regarding Christ manifesting himself to them. Jesus takes this opportunity to instruct the disciples, and I think us as well, as relationships. And he starts to talk to the disciples about relationships. He talks to them about the relationship that the believer has to Christ, and then the relationship of believers to each other, and then the relationship of believers to the world. And I think everyone here this evening in this church is going to be able to make some application to your own respective life and to your own ministry here in this church. However, I think we're going to look very specifically, we're going to look specifically at the first and the most important part of his answer to the disciples. Specifically, I want to look at the relationship that a believer has to Christ. Ultimately, that relationship affects all other relationships, even relationships that you might be having struggles with even this evening. The relationship of that, the strength of that relationship, the believer to Christ, has to do whether with you're abiding or you're not abiding. Abiding is a process, and we're going to try to discover this evening what this process is of abiding in Christ. Christ introduces this in the form of a picture, and he helps the disciples, and I think he helps us understand our role in our relationship with him by bearing fruit for him. So let's take a look at the picture, the picture of relationships in this passage. Let's just take some of the words that he gave us here and start to paint this picture of relationships. First, Jesus is the vine. So who's the vine? Christ. Jesus is the vine. A vine is simply like this, a plant that grows out of the ground. The vine usually ends up in a gnarl from branches growing in either direction along a trellis. You can even see the plant here is going to represent this evening several times throughout the message about a vine. I hope everybody can see that. Brother Revere, I hope that you can see that. We've got that in a good position for it. I hope that we can all see that and still be able to watch Anita. So Jesus is the vine. Secondly, the Heavenly Father is the vine dresser. The vine dresser's task is very simple, to coax his plants to produce the most pounds of grapes possible. This is what the, the vine dresser wants. He wants those grapes. He wants pounds and pounds of grapes. So Jesus is the what? Say it with me, church. Jesus is the what? The vine. You and I are the what? The branches. And then we have the vine dresser is the father. You and I are in the vineyard. We are the branches. We are the focus of the vine dresser's efforts. Imagine this. Everything that the vine dresser does is focusing on you and I as branches. And then there's two types of branches that are mentioned. There's the branch that does not bear fruit. That's the first branch that is addressed in our passage. The branch that doesn't bear fruit. And then there's the branch that bears fruit. Now keep in mind, these two branches are in the vineyard. They're in this vineyard. There's one branch that doesn't bear fruit. And then there's one branch that does bear fruit. So that's the picture of the relationship. Now let's look at the plan. We see in this plan here that God has his plan in verses 1 through 3. And it's called the pruning process. And we have to examine it and understand what's happening here. And in an agricultural sense, we'll just kind of lay it out here as a definition. In the whole plant world, there's not a species so suited to the image of man as the vine and the branch. 
See, no other plant is so full of fruit, yet no other plant is so apt to run off into other directions when it's left on its own. None is so dependent upon cultivation and training. But this one plant, no other plant yields such a rich, rich reward. Now let's look at the first branch, the type of branch that doesn't bear fruit. It's in the vineyard, but it's not bearing fruit. The scripture tells us in verse 2, and I want you to look at it very, very quickly with me. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Just let me kind of work on this for a little bit and kind of, if you would, we'll kind of walk our way through uh, this step by step. Taketh away, this term taketh away. If we, we did a little bit of research and I have, if we go back to the Greek, we'd find this one word describing that term taketh away. This one word being arrow, arrow. You might even hear the word, you might even see the resembling, it resembling aeronautics. Arrow taketh away. So think of it like this. Think that we could picture, we could interview a vine dresser. Can we go back into our interview mindset like we were in Sunday school class for a moment? Picture we came across a vine dresser, someone who works in a vineyard. And we started to ask him some questions. And we, we would say, so how do you, how do you work a vineyard? How do you, how do, you do that? And a, a vine dresser would say, well, I would walk up this main pathway and I would look down this row and I would look where there's fruit and where there's not fruit and I would, I would see what has to happen in this row and then I would look over here in the vineyard and I would look down this row and I would look down that row and, and then now I'm, I'm the kind of the, the reporter, kind of the investigator. I would say, well, what do you do, Mr. Vine Dresser, when you, when you come upon a, a branch that doesn't bear fruit? What, what do you do? Do you, do you just kind of snip it off real quick? Oh, no, the vine dresser says. Well, I mean, he's not bearing fruit. That branch isn't bearing fruit for you. Why don't you just kind of whack it off? No, no. I don't do that. A, a branch is far too valuable. You see, when a branch is not bearing fruit, a branch is, is growing down on the ground. It, it, it's much like we see here this evening. A new branch tends to grow down on the ground. Like, like this one. Well, it's not bearing fruit and it's growing down there. It's, it's not growing up and it's not growing along the trellis. So don't you just kind of whack it off? No, no. no. What do you do, Mr. Vine Dresser? And he would say this, well, I, I take it up. I arrow it. What does that mean? It's kind of like this. If you can, just allow me to move this just for a second. It's, it's like this motion. I arrow. I take it up. I come up and kind of detach it from the dirt. You see, a new branch, the vine dresser would tell us, tends to grow down, downward. Where there's a lot of dirt. Can I say this? There's a lot of junk. Down there, there's not a lot of sun that gets to shine in. 
there's a lot of dirt that's splattered up on this new branch. When the storms came, last week the vine dresser says, the storm came and it splattered all the dirt up on that vine. That vine doesn't get the sunshine down there. So what do you do, Mr. Vine Dresser? I, I lift it up. And then I, this is so good, we see it there in verse 3. And then he would say, and then I clean it off. A vine dresser walks up and down his vineyard. Vineyard. Here we are. Open door. Vineyard. He walks up and down his vineyard. And he sees a new, <laughs> a new vine growing down on the ground. New branch. Lifts it up. And what does he do? Washes it off. Verse 3. Cleans it off with the word. And then what else do you do, Mr. Vine Dresser? Well, then we train it, coax it. It's kind of like this. Come here, Phil. Stand up, Brother Michael, if you would. Sometimes he takes a, a new branch, kind of bends it around a little bit, bends it around, trains it a little bit, and then sometimes he just kind of brings it up close to a more stable one, ties it off. Sometimes he ties it off to a trellis, Sometimes he finds even a stronger one and ties it off. Because if you let this one go back down there, he's going to get all dirty again. Good. I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful that when I'm not bearing fruit, God doesn't whack me off. I'm very thankful that he comes alongside me even at times like this in a church service and he starts to look and he starts to inspect and I'm so glad he doesn't whack me off. But I'm so glad he lifts me up, cleanses me with his word, cleans me off and then trains me, coaxes me a little bit bends me a little bit to go his way because Jeff Copes tends to go off on his own relatively easy. You know where Jeff Copes tends to go? I tend to go back down where I once was. That's the vineyard. That's Jeff Copes. And that's you as well. Would you this evening let the vine dresser just kind of walk amongst us with a bucket, the cleansing power of his word to kind of look and inspect. And if you're down there bearing no fruit, you're in the vineyard, you're not bearing fruit it could be because you need to be arrowed, lifted up. He kind of takes his hand and just kind of scoots it along the dirt and scoots it up, unattaches it from the world and lifts it up. Is there maybe a stronger, 
one here tonight that would say, Lord, man, if I need to be a stronger one for the younger or the weaker, I'll be that. Would you this evening, even before we even come close to the end of the service, would you be willing to say, Lord, will you stop by my row? And would you cleanse me off? This one has a tendency to grow downward and downward and downward if I'm left on my own. Then there's the second branch. (laughs) The second branch bears fruit. And we might say, well, that's great, and it is. But while continuing his inspection, he then sees fruit, and he stops. There's no lifting up and cleansing off there. Now the pruning process starts. The cutting. Pruning means to thin out, to reduce back. Keep in mind, because grapevines have a tendency to grow vigorously, wood must be cut each year. The growth can be so rapid in the branch and the grapevines can become so dense that sun cannot reach the area where fruit should be forming. The grapevine left to itself will always favor new vine growth over more grapes. As we just think about this as the inspection continues going right down your row, think about the fruit-bearing branch. The fruit, the pruning process, the cutting back process. Application is real simple. Now we're starting to deal with this. What does God want you to let go of in order to produce more fruit for Him? In your heart, in the privacy of your own thought right now, is there an area of your life where there needs to be some pruning? Because our hearts are so prone to wander like a grapevine if left to itself. Sometimes the father's objective in pruning through trials. Sometimes the father's objectives through the pruning of trials and testings is that we simply abide in Christ. In practical terms, the fruit represents good works, good character development, a good thought, a good attitude or actions. Good values become and they glorify God. Now we've looked at the picture of relationships. We've looked at the plan. And now let's look at the practical aspect of Bearing fruit abundantly. Please note that this is not about becoming, and I want you to get this. This whole passage is not about Jeff Copes becoming a better Jeff Copes. God is not interested in me being a better me. You and I bear outward fruit when we allow God to work through you or inside of you in order to bring glory to Him. This should be one of our main objectives in life, to bring glory to God Almighty. This passage is not about me being a better me. It's not about making a few changes. It's not about improving myself. It's not about conforming to a list. It's not about becoming like another person in the church. It's not about having more knowledge. It's not about a mindset change. This whole passage is about bearing fruit. We need to be at the fruit producing stage. Another year of growth has occurred and another year of life has occurred. The vines are carefully pruned to reduce the number of buds. You see, a branch never, regardless of how old it reaches, 
It never reaches the point that it doesn't need pruning. Regardless of how old it reaches, the vine must be pruned every time. You see, the branch never, regardless of the age, reaches the place that it's just to be there for ornament or for shade. The grapevine is planted for one purpose, to bear fruit. The main thought here, I don't know if you're getting it or not, but the main thought in this passage that I just keep on seeing over and over again is abide. There's a whole process here. It's not a flash like that. There's a process of abiding. And we see it there. The real plan is this. Let me just give you three steps. The biblical plan to abiding. Here they are. Number one, abide. Here's number two, abide. Here's number three, abide. Abide, abide, abide. Well, what is abide? Well, first of all, abide is referred to in these 17 verses, 10 different times in this one chapter. Obviously, one of the main subject matters here, as Jesus is with his disciples, one of the last scenes of his time with them, he starts to talk to them about abiding. God is telling them and letting us learn from it that we are supposed to abide. Jesus wants us to focus on abiding. But what does abiding really mean? What does this thought, this process that we keep on hearing about, you keep on hearing me raise my voice about, what does abide mean? Let me just give you a little bit of synopsis of it. Abide means to, first of all, remain. To stay. Here, here, here. Pam, come here. Abide, uh, abide is, is to, to get closer. Get closer. It's not close enough. This is abide. <laughs> this is abide. Yeah. Not only is this abide, hang on, but this is abide. To remain close. To go exactly where I go. Jesus says, I just want you to abide. I want you to stay close. I like this. This is one of my favorite illustrations. <laughs> abide. Thanks, honey. Brother Michael, it is a very, this is an awesome thought. It's a, I won't hug you. <laughs> abide is an incredibly relational word. It's like God is telling you, Stay close. Stay close. It's like Jesus is saying to the disciples, I'm fixing to leave you, and I want you to stay close. They were asking him questions about this and that, and Jesus says, guys, let's stop in this vineyard. Right there, more than likely, in the Kidron Valley, just before he goes up to the Garden of Gethsemane, from other parallel passages, we know that that's the, the setting of this. And there he is. He stops, more than likely, in a vineyard. And he says, guys, look at this. And he starts to pick up the, the vine and the branches. And he starts to talk to them about their relationship with him. Because he knew he's soon going to be gone. And he knew the closer they were, abide to him the better relationship they would have with one another. And these were the men, his closest friends. Get this now. He was fixing to turn over his earthly ministry to these men, disciples. You have that same thing going on here. There's a lot of things happening in New York City. 
Matter of fact, in some cases, there's too much of certain things happening in New York City. But there's not too much of this. You've been given a wonderful opportunity to be a part of something that God ordained and instituted. The local church. And to have the relationships with each other. To work together. One of the keys, folks, listen to me, is to abide in Him. And there's going to be some new branches that will go down on the ground from time to time. We're not supposed to cut them off. The vine dresser comes along and through even an odd night of a service, he comes along and he stops and he says, you're growing back down there again. Here, let me arrow, taketh away, taketh up, and let me clean you off. Would you tonight, if you're not bearing fruit, would you just invite the vine dresser to stop at your row in the vineyard and say, I want to be bearing fruit for you. I'm tired of just being in the vineyard and not bearing fruit. Let them lift you up. There's a thought here about the relationships. and I just want to make some applications here real quick. Where's God at work in your life tonight? You might say, well, well nowhere. I, I really... I don't know if I'm going to just accept that quickly because I think God is always at work. When would God not be at work in the lives of his children? Where's God at work in your life? Are you in the middle of a pruning process? Are you in the middle of a cleansing process? Is the Father using a sharp knife of circumstances to sanctify you with his word tonight? Are you going through changes where you're being forced to rely upon Him more than ever before? Is He working on some old habits, behaviors that just must go? Please don't resist the vine dresser's knife and, and shy away from it. No, don't back away from it. Get closer. Closer. Abide. Please don't resist it. Yield to Him. Allow Him to do His deep, deep, Work in your life. In this passage of scripture, it's crucial for us to bear in mind that we've been describing the basic Christian life. It begins with a spiritual birth. Maybe the fact is that you haven't been bearing fruit is because you've never been spiritually born. Maybe you need to be born again tonight so that you can say, now I'm in the vineyard. Maybe this evening, your first step would be I need to be born again. I need to be saved. Or maybe you're saved, but you're not bearing fruit. And maybe the Lord would be able to stop right where you're at and come and cleanse you, lift you up. Maybe you're in a season of pruning. Maybe you're in a season of abiding. God wants you to do it more consistently. So what's a branch to do? Accept the pruning and bear fruit. What am I supposed to do, Brother Copes? Abide. 
No, no, give me something to do. Abide. It means don't drift off. Don't leave. Don't drift away. Remain close to Him. Abiding is not doing something. Abiding is being somewhere. Close to Him. To Him. Pastor Montoro, can I have just a little bit of liberty as a friend to 2000, back to 2012, excuse me, 2002, to this church? And I, and I, I, I believe he's always given me that liberty. Knowing the history of this church, I can remember when this man was traveling around the country just saying, folks, will you help us do something like a miracle in New York City? And that's what this has become. I remember that. So as your pastor's friend, knowing the history of this church, combined with the love that God's given my wife and I for this church, I want to challenge you tonight. Vine dressers pruned their vineyards more intensely as the vineyard ages. This vineyard has been here for now 20 plus years. The vine's ability to produce growth increases each year. But without intensive pruning, the plant weakens. Its crop diminishes. Mature branches must be pruned harder and harder to achieve maximum results year after year. And in mature pruning, the pruning will intensify as God's shears cut closer to the core of who you really are as a church and as an individual. God moves in close for intensive pruning. Why? Because he now knows you're really ready to produce some fruit for his glory as a vineyard. God's not trying to take anything away. He's faithfully at work to make room to add strength, productivity, spiritual power. His goal is to bring you closer to the image of Christ. Please don't let this year slip by another weekend, another Sunday, another ladies' conference, another special speaker in Sunday by being just an expert at being a church member and somehow be a novice at abiding. What are you going to be? Abiding or an expert church member? Would you let the Spirit of God just move in and out of the pews tonight? As the vine dresser focuses all his attention right now on the vineyard and maybe to do some arrow some washing off, and maybe to do some shearing, cutting back, pruning to make room. Why? To add more strength in what regards to more fruit. This church is positioned. I'm just being honest with you. The number of times I've been here, you're positioned at the place where God is going to be able to do some awesome things. Listen, you're, you're, you're in the church planting mode and birthing other churches now. 
Do you know what God sees in that? Fruit. But it isn't just sending out the new burgers and sending out others to plant churches. Every one of your lives are going to be inspected. Are you bearing fruit? What's one of the main things in regards to that? Is to stay close to Him. So tonight, if you're like Jeff Copes has been several times in his saved life, kind of grow back down. You know what I call it? Backsliding. Growing back down there is as simply stated as sliding back, backsliding. Maybe you're here this evening. There's one way to describe your spiritual condition. You're backslidden. You're looking at a man at the age of 50 who has to fight this on a regular basis. But the longer I go, I realize this. There's nothing back there or down there that I'm anywhere interested in like I was at one time. And maybe this evening, you're just going to let the Spirit of God clean you off a little bit. And you're going to just present yourself to say, Lord, I'm just going to move in and stay with you. I'm not drifting away from you this turn in my life. I'm staying very close to you tonight. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, as those that are going to help us with the invitation, and then those who are going to respond, consider the invitation open right now. Let's not delay. It's 7 o'clock. Let's just do business with the Lord regarding whatever He has spoken to you about. Heavenly Father, as we stand here before you, we've made a commitment at least many did, it seems, that they would be listening with a willingness to obey. And Lord, I pray right now that each and every one that has been hearing from you this evening will be obedient. Lord, and I pray that it will be such a, a boldness in the hearts of the people that we won't just choose to stay there where it's comfortable in our pew, but we'll make movement to separate ourselves from where we've been comfortable and make some decisions for you. And I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you need to come, won't you come quickly right now as the piano plays? Just consider this invitation open, a time for open door to do work, business with God, maybe about abiding. However, the Lord, maybe He's been pruning and maybe you've been shying away. Maybe you've been just just trying to run from it and God's been trying to prune maybe God's been training coaxing bending you so that you could bear more fruit as a guest speaker if you just listen to me one more time as a guest speaker I don't know how to conduct the invitation other than this you give me a physical sign that you need more time the only way that I know to get a physical sign from you is for you to either come to the front and do business with God or for you to be seated in your pew. Then by doing that, you're giving me the physical message. Brother Copes, I need more time. Please don't shut this invitation down. That's all I know to do. I do not desire to extend it. 
over the time that the Spirit of God wants, nor do I desire to shut it down prematurely. So if you're doing business with God, either come to the front or be seated there in your pew.